This is Agents Influence Podcast. So I've got an ad that runs for $75 a day, gets in front of 40,000 people, and then every single person that engages or interacts with that, with that ad, I've got subsequent advertising that is just following them around now for the next 90 to 120 days. So for $75 a day, I am knocking on, to use your example, your 1890 example, I am knocking on 40,000 doors a day. Of those 40,000 doors that I'm knocking on, every single one of them that opens their door and says, hi, how can I help you? Whether they want to hear me out at that point or not, I'm now knocking on their door for the next 90 to 120 days every single day. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hello, hello, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Welcome back again to another podcast. I'm glad to be back with you guys. Uh, You know, we're kicking these out. I try to get them out every Wednesday and Thursday. Sometimes I get a little behind. Uh, But here's the thing, you know, I've been doing a couple solo podcasts because I didn't really want to hype up too much because I wanted to start at the pinnacle um, with some more guests that we're going to have in the coming weeks. And uh, today we're going to have Mike McCormick. Uh, from Insurance Soup and Career Agent Concepts. You guys are really going to like this. This guy is kind of new to me too. I've been following him lately. Um, I think you guys know him, but before we go on with him and let him talk about who he is, let me let me back up to a couple other things that are very, very vital. Um, as you guys know, on uh, October 24th and 25th, we will be having Grow Lab 2017. This is our second annual one where it's agents who sit in the room and we share things with each other. We're going to have some consultants there, but they're not going to be on stage. They're actually being paid to be in the audience for two days. Um, and I shouldn't say audience, at the round tables where we're all sharing and learning different things. That's going to be October 25th and 26th. Right now, keep in mind, we only are taking 100 people. Last year, we only took 50. This year, we're only taking 100, and we'll probably never go higher than that because we want to get quality and not so much quantity. But here's the thing. We've already got a little under 70 signups, and the registration just came out on May 10th. So what I'm telling you is, is you might want to get signed up. Last but not least, I also want to give a shout out to some of our new Mastermind members because the Mastermind members, keep in mind, if you are a Mastermind member, you get to go for free. We've had some people who've signed up and they said, man, I'm glad I signed up. Yeah, because I wanted to get the free membership and get in here with the agents, but they're absolutely blown away. And before I go on here, I just want to let you know, I just got this email from a gentleman this morning and he said, this was one of our newer ones. He said, Jason, uh, hope you guys are having a great week. Being a part of the mastermind and connecting with industry intelligence has been a great asset for my agency. Due to these connections, I have learned that bringing my agency into the current decade is not only necessary, but it's also a huge leap. Technology and outsourcing allows my agency to profitably compete and grow without having to hire more people. He's talking about Marble Box. We are becoming more efficient and profitable with today's ways of doing things. Thank you for allowing an old guy into a circle of younger, innovative minds. The future looks brighter every day for me. So I just wanted to put that out there to 
you guys. That's uh, that's the kind of emails I get back. I get all the time, and I just wanted to let you know that that's the reason why I do this podcast. That's the reason why I go out and find people like Michael McCormick because we want to make your lives better. And uh, you know, Mike and I may not be any smarter than you. Uh, Mike and I just have the world fooled. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But anyways, I won't say that about Mike. I'll just say that about me. But the thing is, is uh, I just keep that in mind. Grow Lab 2017. Um, I'm curious as to what when you join um, or you come to Grow Lab. I'm curious as to what you're going to have to say after you do it because it'll be an exciting thing. Keep in mind if this is your first time listening to us and maybe you're on the website, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher. Okay, iTunes or Stitcher. So let's get into what this is really about. Not only that, Mike is a very busy guy and we don't want to waste his time. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike McCormick, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I appreciate you inviting me on the show. I know. It's going to be exciting. To be honest with you, you and I have been playing tag, like, what was it, like a couple months now. So uh, I really do uh, appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. And so uh, we will dive right into it just to kind of let you know. So we'll, we'll, we'll start off with uh, the question we always ask you, an iPhone or are you a Droid user, Mike? Uh I have gone back and forth over the years, but I am an iPhone user at heart. I, every once in a while, I allow Android to kind of lure me into whatever their their newest gadget or gizmo is. But <laughs> for whatever reason, I, I wind up getting it. And then as soon as the contract's up, I bounce back over to iPhone and stay with them for a couple of years at a clip. So it's uh, I, at, at heart, I'm an iPhone guy, but I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a true loyalist. Yeah, you know, the only I know a couple people like that. Chris Lane Jill from Advisors Evolved. Uh, he's the same way. He'll he goes to the iPhone. He went to the Droid. Now he's back to the iPhone. You know, and uh, he's like me and you probably is a is a tech geek. I got the Samsung Seven, and I was just in there yesterday, and they got the Eight. And to be honest with you, I don't know how much is really different, Mike, but it's just the Eight, and I want it. You know, it's bad. <laughs> I'm not that way with a lot of things in life. I drive a 2008 Lincoln MKZ. And I don't want to get a new car. I mean, I'm not that way, but man, when it comes to my technology, I'm, I'm willing to, to move if I have to. What's the last app that you downloaded for personal, business, whatever that you think would might be useful to other people? Uh, you, know, you know what I've been playing around a little bit with lately? There is a photo editing app that I've been using called LightX. Okay. And, um, I like it just because it allows you to do some, some pretty pretty funky stuff with some photos pretty quickly you know I mean I do a lot with with digital marketing and social media marketing so I'm using a lot of photo editing tools with uh, you know with the stuff that I'm doing and, and generally I kind of lean more into Canva than anything just because it's so simple but yep. uh, light uh, light X has allowed me to do some uh, some cool stuff with photos lately it allows you to throw some uh, you know some some color and swap out backgrounds and you know, make me seem like I'm in, in places that I've never been before. So, you know, there's nothing like being able to paint yourself like the Incredible Hulk and throw yourself up onto Jupiter and, uh, you know, put some uh, put some fun stuff out there real quick and easy. So it's been a fun app that I've been playing around with lately. And, and what did you say the name of that was? Light X. Uh, I think I think it was two ninety nine in the App Store. Sweet. Okay. Two. All right. Light X. Fantastic. That sounds interesting. I've never heard of that. I kind of have in my mind what you what I'm kind of picturing there, but. Uh, that's interesting. Like that one. Thank you very much for that. Um, all right, and then here's our. Uh, if you if you've listened to prior podcasts, this is not a surprise question, but I did not. When Mike and I were talking before, um, I kind of gave him an overview of what was going to go on, but I told him this one question I didn't want to ask him because I like getting pure, pure, people's pure thoughts. Here's my question to you, Mike: Would do you hate to lose, or do you love to win? 
do I hate to lose or do I love to win? Mm-hmm. Um, good one, isn't it? That that is a good one. I I don't hate to lose. I do love to win, but I don't hate to lose. So I guess that would be the way that I would I would answer that question because I don't really look at losing as anything other than a learning experience and that's how I get better and that's how I win more. That's dude, that so, was my exact answer. Mike, that was my exact answer. Is that well, I do. Yeah. That's great. I, I have probably failed more than most people try. So <laughs> like and 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 that's not to thump my chest or anything like that. I've got no problem losing. I've got no problem making a fool of myself. I've got no problem experimenting, falling on my face. Uh, you know, luckily I am uh, I'm a I'm a pretty big dude, so uh, you know I ba- I bounce off the ground pretty nicely, and <laughs> uh, I always kind of just brush my shoulders off and keep moving forward. As long as you're failing forward, it's you're you're never losing. It's an old saying, but it's still so true. It's not how hard you fall; it's how quick you get up. And that's uh, that's kind of what you alluded to there. So that's right. That's right. Now, Mike, take us back. Uh, thanks for answering that question. I like that, and that, that, that's uh, I've got some interesting answers. I've just been asking that for the last uh, month or so. So, uh, thanks very much for that. Now, let me ask you this: uh, Take us back. Well, tell us this. Uh, take us back to I don't know diapers, high school, college, whatever. Give us a sense of who you are, so that we can connect the rest of the podcast. Bring us forward to who you are now. Sure. Uh, well, I grew up on Long Island in a town called Massapequa. Or as I tell people from outside of the state, I call it Masapaqua. So when they when they come to visit, they uh, they pronounce it incorrectly. It's kind of a little inside joke that I play on people that they don't even know is going on. But uh, whatever. I grew up in a town called Masapaqua here on Long Island, and I am a Catholic school boy, born and bred. I went to a Catholic school elementary school. I went to a high school here on the island called Chaminade. It's the premier all boys Catholic high school. Uh, here on Long Island, and then I went on to Villanova University right outside of Philadelphia, where I studied political science, um, which led me to a career in not political science, which is generally the way those liberal arts degrees go. I, uh, I when I graduated Villanova, I went into uh, I went into collections very very briefly. Not because I didn't pay my bills, but because that was the first job that I was able to land. <laughs> although although those student loans can put you in collections, especially when you're uh, when you're 21, 22 years old. Um, but I was there for about a year. At that point, I jumped ship into mortgages where I made more money than I had any right having at a very young age. And uh, it was the type of thing where it was the wild, wild west and you know you were closing loans in 48 to 72 hours, handing out money to people that had no right getting their hands on large sums of money. And uh, you know, when you're 22, 23 years old, you never had a mortgage yourself, you don't know any better. And, it's just kind of like, wow, this is fun, and I'm helping people, and there's a lot of money to be made, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I stayed in the mortgage industry till about 2007, and at that point, when we started to see the writing on the wall, I decided to transition out of uh, out of mortgage. And the the next logical choice in my head while kind of playing it safe, which back then was more my MO. Today, I'm not really the play it safe personality type. Uh, I wasn't even really back then. I just kind of listened to, to more people that I probably shouldn't have listened to. I, I've always been 
you know, more entrepreneurial minded and risk taking. But I had some people that were convincing me that it would be a good idea to play conservative or whatever. But I jumped into retail banking where I managed in the retail banks for a couple of years. And then I got uh, I got lured out with the uh, the 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 spell or the allure of residual income. And I got recruited into insurance. And uh, it was one of those one thing led to another type of stories where it just made sense. It seemed like a, it seemed like it felt like a natural transition to move from banking where I was helping uh, high net worth clients at the tail end of my retail banking stage. I was doing some private banking, working with people uh, with net worths of, uh, of three to 10 million and doing a lot on the uh, insurance and, and retirement side, retirement planning side of things. It just felt like a natural transition to move from private banking into insurance because PNC was basically the only the only new aspect of the business that I really have to take on and I, I felt like it would be a, a pretty easy challenge for me. Wow, so when roughly did you get, what year was it when you got into the insurance business pretty much full time? I'm, I, I've had my licenses since 2007. I've been doing uh, long-term, you know, long-term care and life insurance and retirement planning since then. But I really didn't sink my teeth into the P and C side of things and the ownership side of things until 2013. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And then, so where are you? I mean, uh, tell us about. Tell us about. So I imagine did did Career Agent Concepts start first, or was it Insurance Soup? How, how which one came first? Yeah, funny uh, funny story about that. I am uh, I am not a founder of Career and Concepts. My partner Taylor Dobby is the founder of Courageous Concepts. The two of us put soup together, but Concepts came together originally as a program that was directed for farmers agents to help them with their social media and digital marketing. And uh, Taylor and I, my partner, have known each other now for a number of years. We went through a number of courses together um, throughout the years. And uh, we, you know, we, we both branched off into some other projects as well, so we can you know basically expand our knowledge and whatnot. But Back when uh, Creating Concepts was first founded, I was with a uh, a different captive agency that just wasn't really super cool with a lot of the social media and digital media type stuff. They keep a pretty tight rein on their agents, and uh, I, I ultimately decided to leave my original captive company just because uh, my my knowledge and my skill set around social media and social media advertising and technology and automation and all that kind of stuff. It was just it was just too vast, and I was just being cooped up too heavily. And I just decided, you know what, I got to uh, I got to get I got to get this education into into motion here, and not just be sitting on it. And and you know, uh, I mean, call call a spade a spade. I was using it, but it wasn't on the up and up. And I was just uh, it was just frustrating me, and I was feeling I was feeling very stifled, and I didn't like that feeling of. I don't want to use the word sneaking around as I was utilizing a lot of it, but I mean, that, that's probably the best way to even put it because so many of these captive companies are just not cool with the modern way of, of marketing and they want you, you know, branding essentially as opposed to advertising and, and generating leads and all that kind of stuff. So uh, long story short, when I left the company that I was with and went independent, it was you know, it was gloves off and it was time to, it was time to have some fun and all that kind of stuff and as soon as I left the company that I started with, uh, you know, Taylor reached out to me, he said, hey man, you are, uh, you are officially a free man, let's, let's get you out in the open here, and the two of us just started running with Creating Concepts, but 
uh, Insurance Soup. The way we the way we got started with Insurance Soup, we uh, you know we, we basically came together at one point and said, you know what, the the industry has got a lot of groups out there that are geared towards a very specific insurance agent, whether it be a state farm group or a farmers group or an independent agents group or uh, whatever the case may be. But there's just there's just no community out there on social media that, that we were aware of where there was just an active participation from the entire industry. So when we when we first put insurance soup together, we wanted to we we really wanted to bring people from every line of business, every aspect of the industry, uh, you know, every carrier, every company, uh, a, a broker, agent, team member, all in one place so we could have a active and open dialogue with one another and not simply be living in these Kool-Aid lives that we're, uh, that we're all living with our individual companies. So when Insurance Soup came to life, and, and Insurance Soup, believe it or not, it's, it's really not that old. We, we put it together December of 2015 and we just crossed the 10,000 member mark about a week and a half or so ago. Uh, when we first brought that all together, it was really just to have a open industry-wide dialogue about what is going well, what's not going well, where the rates are competitive, what's working with marketing, what's working with sales, what's working with social media, so that none of us are li- none of us would be living in that cocoon that can so often happen when you're only being provided information from the carrier that you represent or the marketing reps that are stopping by your office. Yes, 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 yes. And and I beat up marketing reps a lot on here, and I, I really do. And I sometimes hear from them because I guess I paint them with the too, be, too uh, broad of a brush stroke. But uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know the value that they provide is what it needs to be because. Uh, uh, Billboards and direct mail, baby. Billboards and direct mail. Billboards and direct mail. Yes. We'll subsidize it. You know, and the th- most frustrating thing is, Mike, is that I'm sitting in there. They they don't provide me a lot of value. Okay, they don't really help me a lot. They're telling me that stuff that you just said. But the th- thing that's most frustrating is that, like in the last month, they've been in 20 to 25 agencies and they've seen things that are working and are unique. But they never want to remember to tell you that because I don't know if they think that doesn't provide value or not. But that's what I always tell them when they say, "Well, how can I help you?" I say, "Next time you come here." Tell me something cool that another agency's doing. You know, I don't care if you tell me who it is or whatever. Just tell me what they're doing or give me an idea. And right. uh, yeah, didn't want to didn't want to go off on that. I've got a whole podcast on actually on that. And uh, but then again, at the same time, some of these marketing reps are our biggest advocate for agents influence at the Grow Podcast Network. They tell people about it all the time. So it's a it's a win win situation. Here's what I thought was amazing. I got a couple things out of this. I got some some notes here that I want to I want to go back over. I love what you said here. You said um, I can't remember. I think you said that uh, you said some company. I think it was more of the captives, maybe the independents, or maybe agents are focused. On, they're more obsessed with branding, or other companies out there that are helping agents are more obsessed with branding than advertising. Are you are you saying that the advertising is more important to the brand, or what exactly do you mean by that, Mike? Let, uh, let me uh, let me try and put it as plainly as humanly possible, because I'm, I'm a I have a lot of very strong feelings about this. Let's do it, brother. Uh, I feel as if every major company out there. I'm not going to drop names. I'm not looking to. I'm not looking to offend anyone. That, That's fine. You know, I agree. That or bleeds blue, or you know, play, plays a, a make believe drum or whatever. Uh, every 
major company that is out there right now is telling their agents how to market in a way that benefits the mothership. They are not showing these agents how to advertise and how to brand and how to market in a way that benefits them, the agent, and them, their agency. When I first got started in this business, my very first year when I was trying to earn my contract, I basically was a good soldier. Whatever they told me to do, I did just because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't ruffling any feathers. And when they were giving consideration as to whether or not I, I was, uh, you know, I was life, lifetime agent material, that there was nothing they could say as far as you know he doesn't he doesn't follow our guidance, he doesn't follow our instruction. And over the course of the very first year that I was an agent, I put up a billboard which was quote unquote subsidized, which, you know, I believe I subsidized them. It was it wasn't the other way around. Uh, and I spent thirty five hundred dollars to put my bearded mug on a highway for ninety days where I literally got zero leads. Mm. Literally got zero leads. And it was a well traveled highway. And when I spoke at when I spoke to my uh, my 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 sales leader, my district manager, my whatever fancy title you want to give the corporate partner, the response was, "This is something that you have to do year in year out that will play that will pan out over time." And I started thinking to myself at that point, "Well, I just I just dropped thirty five hundred dollars on this. You know, how many years am I going to have to do this before this starts to pan out?" Well, you're a new agent to the area. And people got to get familiar with your face, and people. And I was like, people need to get familiar with my face. I mean, they're they're already familiar with with your brand. They're not coming to me because I've got blue eyes or a glorious beard. So it's true, very true, it's, man. It, it, they're just not. I mean, they stay for the beard, but they're not. <laughs> they don't. They don't come for the beard. <laughs> but uh, but so I started thinking to myself, you're thirty five hundred dollars. If this is going to cost me thirty five hundred dollars for the next, you know call it 10 years before I start seeing an impact, even five years, but let's just use 10 for round numbers. That's $140,000. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What? And the same with the same with regards to direct mail. And I, I do believe that there is still a place for direct mail in our industry because I think there are a lot of really cool strategies that you can use with direct mail. But direct mail just being sent out blindly to a zip code because there's homeowners uh, or to a list of homeowners or to a list of renters or whatever, it just doesn't work. There are some really cool advanced strategies that if you are if you are putting a direct mail campaign together in conjunction with some cool stuff, whether it be uh, whether it be through a, a solid Facebook campaign or whatnot, you can absolutely do cool stuff with uh, with regards to direct mail. I mean. You can you can buy a list for uh, of of customers for a homeowners campaign, for example, and if you're able to get your hands on a email address or cell phone number from those uh, you know from that list that you're going to be mailing out to, you could have a custom audience that you are advertising to directly on Facebook that is seeing your ad on social media the exact same time that they are getting their letter from you where you can have an ad on social media saying did you read my letter yet it's sitting in your it's sitting in your literal mailbox right now you didn't throw it out did you and that's wild 
do some cool stuff with uh, with regards to that. But just sending out a blind piece of mail to the masses, generally speaking, doesn't work. I personally don't open a single piece of mail from a company that I don't already do business with. It's true. You, you, I, I do my own personal research on literally every single company that I do any form of business with. Like you, you are not going to sell me with a piece of of print literature unless I'm perusing through a magazine and something catches my attention. And and who and who even reads magazines these days? Like no, if yeah, I, exactly. it's at the barber shop and I'm not looking at my phone. No, <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a full time job when you go to the barbershop. If you're getting you know the the face the the, the beard trimmed up and everything, I mean it, it ain't easy keeping that good looks. You know what I mean, Mike? You, you know what, man? Especially as I get older, it's just it's pimpin' man. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> you know what's amazing? Here's what's amazing is that I love what you said about how you can do the direct mail and then you know you can actually coordinate that with uh, some social. That's some stuff that I have been investigating over the last couple of weeks, uh, which I think is cool, or actually the last couple of months. And, and I remember like three years ago, I was listening to Progressive and Progressive had an ad campaign to where they were buying spots on TV that would literally pop up after or before the ad would pop up into your newsfeed. And, and Facebook was like really big on that and then it kind of like died off and I don't necessarily know why it did but that reminds me of that. Now one of the things that I was going to talk about uh, in the marketing moment is going, to re- is going to relate directly to what you're talking about but how do we put inside of Facebook news feeds um, information that lets people, age, that lets the client know, our clients know, that we are quoting their insurance at renewal or that they don't have an auto and home and have an umbrella and how they could get those quotes right directly through the news feed. And so these are some things that we've been working on and, and I'm going to talk about a little bit about that. So if you're just on now, uh, um, be sure to check that out. We always do the marketing moment at the end of the podcast. Um, so anyways, I want to talk more about that, but that is awesome. I, actually, at a later time, Mike, I want to talk to you about what you just specifically said. I think that's good stuff. So, yeah. so then, okay, so let's, let's talk here just a minute because I got a lot of notes here. Um, okay, okay. So let's, let's, get, let's, let's get real here, Mike. There's a love-hate relationship that I personally have out there in the industry with these agent groups. The agent group that I have, the agent group you have, the one that IAOA and the farmer state and are the farmers and the state farm, just like you said. I mean, it's overwhelming how many there are out there. And one of the things that I, I have a concern with, and first of all, let's not do a concern. These groups do way more good than they do anything negative. Agreed. And the reason why I felt, and this is why I took a, this is just a second, Mike. This is why I took a, this is why I took a, a, a different route in mine. I don't charge $99 a month for my, my, my mastermind because I necessarily, because I need the money. Okay. I make money on my insurance agency. I do it because I lost half of the agents that were in the mastermind and the ones that stayed were the cream of the crop. I go into um, a lot of these groups and I see some really good information and I'm like, holy cow, I didn't realize that. But the scary thing happens to be when you got the agent in there who's been there for a year, year and a half, and he's asking, he or she's asking advice, and, and some of the comments they're getting, Mike, I'm sitting there, and you know this, you're helping agents grow. I'm wanting to pull my hair out and think, I want to literally message the person and say, don't listen to what they're telling you because that is not a good idea. Now, I know you get good and bad everywhere in the world, but I'm starting to really get concerned as to when do these 
groups start to become a liability, including my mastermind. I'm not picking on anybody here if you're listening out there and you have one. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to bring up a conversation I think that a lot of people are having but are, are thinking, but no one's having that conversation. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, here, here's the thing. I have insurance soup, which I don't view as a mastermind community. I view that as a industry forum. That is an industry community where you are going to get people that started in the industry tomorrow, not even yesterday, tomorrow. Like, hey, I, I just got my licenses and I'm, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking for an agency right now. And you've got people that have been in the industry 45 years and everyone in between and everyone is going to have their take on things and all that kind of stuff. So you're saying it's a forum and that, that, that would make sense. Okay, so you're it's saying... Insurance soup is. Insurance soup is. Right. And, you know, we try and provide massive amount of value in there and I believe over the last 18 months that my partner Taylor and I have built up enough leadership authority by being out in front in there uh, and by being known as the uh, the owners of Courageous Concepts and a couple other projects we are known as people that are giving sound and solid advice in there on a regular and daily basis uh, but at the end of the day that is still a community and a forum and uh, and and I mean at, at most a place where Everyone is getting together to, you know, talk sales, marketing, social media, and you're going to get perspectives from from all ranges of experience. But with regards to what we do with career agent concepts, you know, we teach social media advertising in career agent concepts, and and not just theoretical uh, social media advertising. We have got ad styles that we know produce inexpensive opportunity, three to eight, three to nine dollars a piece, less if you're resonating with your audience. We are putting out great things with regards to linking pieces of technology and automation and digital marketing and generating leads for referral partners and other local small business owners so you can have great joint venture opportunities and become like a local celebrity within your town. We're doing some really, really cool stuff in our mastermind community, which is a paid community, but the reason that uh, soup is the way soup is versus careers and concepts where you know, that is a that is a form, that is a, a mastermind community where generally speaking, once you've been engaged in interacting with us on that side of things for 45 to 60 days and really been jumping into the education that we're providing agents and showing them how to uh, you know, really dominate that social sphere. The people that are giving advice in that group, generally speaking, are all pretty on point because they're starting to they're starting to get it. So, you know, I mean, I, I personally have invested over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars into my social media marketing education, my digital media marketing education. And I'm not talking about. I got a marketing degree from XYZ College. I am talking about, I have I have worked with and mentored and partnered with some of the biggest names in the marketing community. Uh, I am a mentor in my personal mentor at this point, uh, Mastermind, guy by the name of Ben Simpkin out of Australia who's done $1.6 billion in revenue with a B uh, using Facebook advertising and using Facebook wow. marketing. 
Oh, the guy, the guy's an absolute titan, and he's uh, and and he's the most humble guy you'll ever come across. But uh, I now mentor in his in his program, and uh, uh, you know the 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 guys that come into Career Agent Concepts, the stuff that we're teaching them, when they start participating in the group and they start becoming comfortable within their own skin because they've been implementing the education and they feel as if they can come from a place of confidence. Within my own mastermind community, I mean, are, are there exceptions to the rule? Of course, you know, there, I, I got I got a couple guys in there that really make my, make me scratch my head and say, you know, "Are you even Are you even trying to learn this, or are you just like, you know, are you just here because someone told you this is a cool club and you know whatever?" Right. And because none of us are cool, we're insurance agents. Like we're we're not cool. All insurance so, geeks. If, if someone told you this was the cool club, someone lied to you. But <laughs> uh, but but. Generally speaking, within the mastermind community that that we host, the gotcha. the stuff that's passed about or passed around in there is very very high level uh, and and of good quality and good substance. But I do agree with you. I, I know a lot long long story to get back to a short point. These these groups that are out there, I do agree with you. Do more. They they're help they're, they help more than they harm for sure. I would agree. I would There's agree. There's a lot of good advice out there, and I believe uh, – I'm not personally in there, but I've actually been getting to know Nick uh, over at IAOA quite a bit lately. I think he's a really good guy with a lot of good intention, Very uh, good. and and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know him better. But uh, I, I, from what he's told me his mission and his values are over in that group – uh, like I'm, I'm behind him all the way with what he's trying to get done, and I, I, we have very similar goals because I do believe that this industry is being run by people who don't really know what's going on. In, I mean, they, they do from an insurance perspective, you know, no doubt. I mean, I, I will, I would never step toe to toe and get into an insurance conversation with any of these execs that have been running these big companies for 30, 40, 50 years. They'll, they'll run circles around me. But as far as getting the message out, getting the uh, getting the the brand out, getting the people's attention, putting things out there that just motivate the audience to want to discuss a topic of conversation that generally speaking is just a total sleeper, I will go toe-to-toe with any of them and I am very confident that the stuff that we are out there doing right now is what needs to be taught to agents, and generally speaking, is not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I agree that generally speaking, these larger groups, my, you know, my own included, they do have some deficiencies. They do have some some things about them that are not the best. I mean, you've got people in there that are just fishing for opportunity. You've got people that are in there that are uh, the, fir- the first chance you're not policing your group properly will try and spam your group. Uh, there are people in there that created a company out of thin air yesterday that are trying to lure agents into an unproven system or unproven product. There's a lot of stuff like that that goes on, especially in these larger communities. And there there is a fair amount of not great advice, but I do believe that the cream rises to the top, and if you are involved in any of these communities, you see who the leaders are, and you see who the people rally around within those groups, and if you can take the good out of the group and realize that, hey, in this group, there are 15, 20, 
50 regular contributors that every time they speak, it's just gold and hone into that and utilize the group in other ways, whether it be for humor or laughter or uh, networking or whatever. There's, uh, there's plenty of gold to be drawn out of those groups for sure. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's the 80-20 rule, um, you know, and that the 80% of it is good and 20% of it is bad. But I also flip that and say that the ignorance creates 80% of a problem and 20% good. And I say ignorance because, you know, Mike, here's the deal about this. People misuse the word ignorance today because it just means lack of knowledge. You know, it just means you don't know something about something. So, so, go ahead. It, it, it doesn't mean stupid, and I think yeah. a lot, a lot of people utilize the word in as a substitution for stupid, and it does not mean stupid. It does not mean stupid by no means. I mean, I am ignorant when it comes to swimming. Like I know how to swim, but like if I was on a swimming team, you know what I mean. I'm ignorant when it comes to being an electrician. You know what I mean. So that doesn't necessarily mean I'm stupid, but that's the problem. I think is that sometimes our people are giving this advice. And it's just like so overwhelmingly glaring. And then some of the things people just say, and sometimes, I'll be honest with you, Mike, it makes me wonder if these people are even working. They're on these damn things so much. And you'll go from one group to the other group, and it's just like, holy cow, like, dude, you're posting like every five, ten minutes. And I try to bust some of them out. I used to. And they'd go, oh, well, I only get on there when I'm on hold with the company. I'm thinking, Jesus, are you on hold with the company all day? But I'm not here to beat it up because I agree with what you're saying. I just, uh, I think I'm like you and you know what I'm talking about. I want to help agents so much. And people think, oh, yeah, right, you do, whatever. Hey, I, I don't give a crap. I mean, I'll show you my PL from Grow. Ain't, homie ain't making any money here except for paying ex- expenses. But here's the reason why I'm a person that likes to give back, whether I'm giving back to my community or to my insurance community. I want agents to experience the financial success that I have and other people in my agency have. I want other young people and other family-oriented people uh, to be able to have the open calendar and this flexibility of a schedule because, you know, blessed are the flexible for they don't get bent out of shape. And so then you, I, I want that, I want that um, being someone in your community, whether that's someone who's part of the rotary or your chamber or your or your your coaching a little league sport or whatever it could be i believe that this career op allows it where a lot of careers don't i'm saying like the mass majority of careers don't and and my father-in-law told me about this since i was dating his daughter when i was 17 and i didn't take him up on it until he was 23 and i think to myself like oh my gosh i would have wish i would have started when i was 18 my son right now is 18 and he's in the agency but he's going to college and stuff but i'm thinking to myself like man if i only knew what he knew at the time but the fact is is that i think it is um, overwhelmingly good um, it really is, and I'm not here to beat any of them up. I'm just really not. It's just that uh, I'm glad you told me what you told me, though, Mike. I didn't know that you guys had a mastermind at the CA, uh, CAC. I did not know that. So that that makes this that is just the beginning of helping people get comfortable in a forum so that they can make, make, take the next step to really getting serious. That's kind of what it is, right? Well, I, you know, I mean, if if you want to bring it down to to brass tacks. I mean, Insurance Soup definitely serves as a little bit of a funnel for, for career agent concepts for sure. But one thing that we never do is hard sell. And the reason that we don't do any kind of hard sales into career agent concepts is because generally speaking, you need to be at a point in your career where you want to commit to learning a new skill set and implementing an education that's going to change the way you do business. And if we were to be hard selling 
anyone into our program and they were making an investment into their program because they felt like they were sold into something or forced into something or anything along those lines, it, it, they, they're, they're just not going to be a good client. You, Generally speaking, the people that embrace what we are doing, the people that really love and have so much success with what we teach and all that kind of stuff, they are, uh, they are having that success because they are coming in excited to see what is down that rabbit hole that they haven't explored yet. And that rabbit hole runs so deep that if you're willing to invest the time, effort, and energy necessary to learn how to you know, do things on social and digital and with automation and technology and some of the stuff that's out there, like you are just able to do so much more with so much less. And it's just, uh, and, and I mean, obviously I'm biased. I geek out to the, the, the stuff, but a lot of our clients, they geek out on it. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it doesn't make sense for there to ever be someone who is quote unquote closed into the idea of joining career agent concepts. So, Okay. You know, we, that makes we sense. Talk, we talk about things lightly in soup, and you know, we, we happen to be very fortunate where we have a lot of clients that kind of thump their chest and plant seeds for us in there, and yeah. you know, they, they get excited about what they're doing, and then you know, one thing leads to another, and and you know, people start raising their hands. But uh, we we never want to hard sell anyone into the program just because that's that's just generally speaking not the right fit. You got to come with a genuine interest and excitement around learning the digital and social landscape you know what I isn't mean? that amazing that you need to do that pretty much in any any industry you know mike a lot of times i say this all the time say it all the time my wife gets tired travis does as well my business partner but everything that happens in the real world happens in the virtual world exactly the same i say that all the time um, a lot of times people will go try to create a social profile they'll sit there and say hey i've had my social profile for a month or two and i'm not getting any action i'm not making any sales and there's a lot of reasons i think being proactive versus reactive and the things that you can do but the other thing is is i want to say to them wait a minute why do you expect that and they say well what do you mean and i say now let me ask you this when you started your agency and you bought your rent in your building and you threw your sign up on the building and you sat there for two or three months how much insurance did they sell how many people came in how many people called wasn't a lot right it's the same exact thing like in the real world they got to get to know like and trust you and then yes. they're going to start coming in and after three four five six seven eight years as you know there's less prospecting and just more referrals and other types of things it's the same way when it comes in on Facebook now I happen to grow my personal lines book a lot off Facebook but I came in in 2009 and 2010 where organic reach you know Mike I don't know if you remember it but you know if you had 500 fans and you made a post shit it went to 1500 people you know, I mean, today, if you got 500 fans and you make a post, it may go to 2, 10, 30, or 40% of the people. And so I, I think, and I have to admit, and I want to real quick, I think Facebook marketing actually is coming back around for its second breath, to be honest with you. It really got saturated there, but I think some of the data that's out there is really allowing Facebook to to become a huge player again. I really do. I don't think they, I don't want to say they ever left, Mike. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it kind of got saturated there for a minute. But I think that 
what's happening is is the consumer now is getting used to seeing certain type of things in their newsfeed, like seeing businesses or seeing those type of things, and they're now becoming accustomed to it. I also think that businesses are getting better at marketing. I think their video is more enticing. The content is more is more value-driven, and I think that that's another reason why people you should just, I mean, we're tired of the cat videos at the insurance a lot, and I got to admit, I don't even see those anymore, but that's what it used to be, and I think they're starting to get it from people like yourself who are out there really trying to push this down. Now, one thing I want to I want to I want to I want to hit back on something that uh, had to do with Facebook. Um, um, I'm hold on. I'm reading my I'm reading my notes here. I'm reading my notes. Anyways, when it comes when it comes to uh, Facebook um, and and you're trying to do something. Actually, I'm sorry to all the loyal listeners out there. I'm actually going to switch back to something. I was watching this uh, video that you did, Mike, and I'm just kind of curious about this a little bit more because I didn't have time to watch the full thing. But you have a video on your career agent concepts, uh, which, by the way, everybody, go to www.careeragentconcepts.com and you can figure out more about uh, Mike. And Mike, I saw, apologize, was his name Toby? Was that right? Taylor, Taylor Dobby. That was yeah. See, that's why I was I was kind of uh, mixing the names there. Yes, and uh, I've actually heard his name and a little bit about him. But let me ask you this: What exactly is octopusing? Yeah, so that that is one of my favorite things that you are able to do on social media. It's a word that I made up, uh, kind of in spur of the moment type of thing. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, but basically, one of the things that I absolutely love about your ability to handle business over social media is the ability to what I call octopus. And basically what octopusing is, is the ability to have conversations going with tons of people simultaneously in the private messenger. So like I will have conversations going with anywhere between eight 15, 20 people all at the exact same time while I am going about my business throughout the day and I will be moving sales conversations along. I will be moving referral relationships along whether it be with someone who's firing back and forth with me just like, you know, you know, one line back and forth. I've got their attention and boom, boom, boom. Or it's someone who is hitting me back once every 20 minutes to a half hour to you know, maybe they only write back one line a day, but one of the greatest things about social media, Facebook in particular, LinkedIn stepped up their platform with their chat with their chat feature recently, but one of the greatest things about social media is the ability to have conversations with as many people as humanly possible simultaneously, and not a single one of them feels as if you're not being attentive to them, and you're able to think out what your next thought is going to be without being put on the spot to just react, react, react. And no one is sitting there chopping at the bit that you're not getting back to them immediately because everyone on social media, especially during during the week, or even the weekend, realizes that you are going about your day while having this conversation with them. So no one on the other end of a conversation is sitting there going, why isn't Mike written me back yet? Why isn't Mike written me back yet? Sure, if I, you know, it's been two, three, five days maybe, but not not 20 minutes, four hours, or so, you know, it's just, hey man, sorry, I had an appointment pop up, you know, what's going on? And you just pick up right where you left off. So while you are, while you are going about working your leads and working your, your quotes and all that kind of stuff, you could be utilizing social media so heavily to develop new relationships and 
uh, and whatnot. And it, it is just such a, a, a powerful, powerful it tool. Is. I love organic Facebook. It really is. And, you know, the thing is, is I was also now looking at their Facebook ads and power editor is just becoming so powerful. And and I even see now that you can drive uh, advertisements or different types of things directly into the messenger. Now, I'm yep. not saying that that's a good idea. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Uh, as long as it's value, it is. But like if you're having an event of some type or if you're going to go live, those things can be driven right into there. I'll be honest with you. Facebook is an absolute powerhouse. I mean, you can pay people through it. You can call people. I, I used to think it was Google was about world dominance, and I still think they are. But Facebook is obviously taking in their part of world dominance. A couple things you keep talking about. And I want to talk about this. So, so I write a lot, Mike, and I and I write a ton actually. Um, I actually don't write much. What I do is I speak into the thing, and then I write and correct it. But one of the things, if you go to insuranceforeplay.com, every all you loyal listeners, uh, insuranceforeplay.com, you'll see my book out there that I wrote, Amazon Best seller. But I'm writing a couple others right now and I'm putting them together. And one of the things that I'm talking about, I love what you're talking about here, Mike. I want to I want to get your take on this. I, I, I walk through the point of being able to reach people on social media versus the cost. So so let, let's 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 do this, Mike. So uh, let's picture 1890 and you've got a salesperson, he's knocking on everybody's door. And when he knocks on everybody's door, he's able, not able to see a lot of people in a general day. Because when he knocks on the door, more than likely he's going to go into the person's home. And when he goes into the person's home, if they invite him in to talk about, let's say, insurance or whatever, they invite him to talk, him to talk they're usually there for 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, because it's a personal thing. You're literally in their home. So we assume also that the closing ratio would be high. Can't see as many people, but closing ratio is high. Then all of a sudden they invented the horse. Really, they didn't invent the horse. It's already been here, but I'm, it's my story, Mike. I get to tell it the way I want. And so, <laughs> so, so, the, so they invent the horse. And now this same salesperson can go door to door and can see more people, actually can even leave the city and go into the next maybe town. The problem with it is, is because now he can see more people or she can see more people, they're spending a little bit less time inside the house. So the closing ratio may be going down a little bit, but volume's starting to pick up. And then you can fast forward, and I go through this in my book, but then you can go all the way to the telephone to where it was amazing now with a telephone because you could actually just not go city to city, but you could go to state to state, and in some instances, you could even go worldwide. So once again, though, with the phone, the closing ratio kind of went down. The expense started to go up more, just like the horse did because you had to feed them and you had to water them, as opposed to when you were walking around, there wasn't as much expense. So your expenses start to go up, your closing ratio starts to go down, but yet the amount of people you can see is increasing or you can talk to. And then enters, I, I kind of fast forward, I'll fast forward in this talk, talk, then to the end to where we're now in social media and we're now in digital marketing to where now the greatest thing about it is, is it's flipped the script on the bad and kept the good. Meaning you now can reach a ton of people more than you ever could. Not only reach a ton of people, you can reach a ton of those targeted people. And when you reach those targeted people and you provide them value because it's targeting, you're going to be just like you're kind of back into that personal relationship. So you're going to start to see your closing ratio start to go up. You're actually going to start to see your marketing dollars and your efficiency go up, but your marketing dollars go down. And the reason is, is because you're more targeted to those people, which means yes, you're going to have more volume, but you're going to have more 
more quality of volume to be able to raise that. So I try to take people back from letting them understand what you just said. Never in the history have we been able to like reach so many people. And you know this, but I think a lot of people, we have to take it one step further and say, but I can reach more quality of people, you know? And so that's the kind of way I see it. And that's why I see social and digital marketing completely different than every other marketing or sales tactic that's happened in the past. The volume went up, the amount going went down of expenses, and the amount of efficiency went up. And I think that's different. What's your take on that? Yeah, no, I would uh, I would definitely agree with that from from fifty thousand feet. But, take me but, lower. But but what what and I actually just pulled an ad up to talk about while uh, you know while you were talking here just to you know mm-hmm. exemplify the power of all of this. So I've got an ad that I'm running right now on Facebook that I'm spending seventy five dollars a day on. That seventy five dollars that I'm spending per day is getting me in front of roughly 40,000 people. 40,000 people. Huge. Now, without getting too in-depth on some of the more advanced stuff that you can do with uh, with regards to Facebook advertising, I'm sure you've witnessed it. When people engage and interact with your advertising on social media, if you install something called a Facebook pixel on your ad, you're now able to basically stalk those people for the next 90 to 120 days. Yep. So I've got an ad that runs for $75 a day, gets in front of 40,000 people, and then every single person that engages or interacts with that with that ad, I've got subsequent advertising that is just following them around now for the next 90 to 120 days. So, you know, for $75 a day, I am knocking on, to use your example, your 1890 example, I am knocking on 40,000 doors a day. Of those 40,000 doors that I'm knocking on, every single one of them that opens their door and says, hi, how can I help you? Whether they want to hear me out at that point or not, I like that. I'm now knocking on their door for the next 90 to 120 days every single day. Like that a lot. You did. You just took that way down. I like that. I like that, Mike. I'm, I'm probably gonna have to steal a couple of those things for my book. I'll give you credit. Don't worry about it, McCormick. You know. But but anyways, yeah, I do like that. You are right about that. You know. And um, yeah. But then again, your you know your your territory reps gonna tell you billboards, newspaper, fo- phone book. You know they did a they did a study back and this was back in 2015. My yeah, it was 2015 on the best practices study. They said still the number one marketing tool overall is still the yellow pages like 30 some percent of all marketing budgets in an insurance agency is spent towards the yellow pages and that just literally like just blows my mind i want to cry and i just want to go but anyways yes okay i like what you're saying there hey if you were an agent um and and you're out there and you're trying to and you're trying to uh figure out facebook what what would be what would be a couple uh things that you would probably you know recommend something somebody that's that's uh what uh, what what red meat can you give somebody who's not as familiar with it as you and I, Mike? But something maybe they might want to start with. Um, I know there's probably a lot to that, so I apologize yeah, for putting you on the spot. I, I want I want to I want to put out a, a a piece of solid information that'll that'll help without making someone who's listening to the to to the podcast right now. Uh, Potentially go down a wrong path and try something that's just that just turns out to be a waste of money because they needed an education to to really fulfill it. Gotcha. This will be cool. Go ahead. So we will. I'm going to stick with something. 
on the organic side of Facebook. The the ad the ad platform very for the, the only the only nugget of goodness that I will drop on the ad platform with because I don't want to send people you know, out there trying ads without a real education and just saying you know it doesn't work. It it does work and it works ridiculously well. I mean you're able to drive qualified people to your you know to your inbox for you know three to eight three or nine dollars a piece and 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 do some really cool and special stuff but you need to know what you're doing so I'm not even going to go down that path from an organic personal Facebook use perspective one of the things that I see every agent out there do is talk about on their personal walls how much money they save someone today oh goodness hey I just saved someone seven hundred dollars a year who wants a quote? And I say, and and now that Facebook is allowing us to take our shorter posts and throw throw them in bold behind uh, in front of uh, in front of bright colors, they stand out even more. Mm-hmm. Every single company that is advertising insurance right now is advertising that they can save you money. You are not impressing your audience you are not catching your audience's attention by telling them that you saved some random person a arbitrary amount of intangible money very well said it's not something that they're picturing in their head no one is going wow this person I don't know saved a handful of money tell stories Story and, and and I mean if you're if you're in life insurance I mean that that's that's a no brainer I mean that's basically how they tell you to, to sell life insurance but when you are utilizing your personal Facebook to drive business tell stories tell stories on your personal wall tell stories in community groups tell stories some of the most successful and I don't even want to use the word campaign because it's not a campaign on personal Facebook. It's just uh, opportunity. Some of the most successful opportunities that I've had for my agency over the years comes from sharing stories of big wins for clients. I, I, I shared a story. I'm, I'm, I'm in a number of local community groups. And if you guys listening are not in your local community groups, get in them. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about the ones where the business owners are all spamming each other. There's strategies to do well in there too. But I'm talking about your local community groups where the the people are talking about the schools and the teachers and the current events and the police blotter and business recommendations and all that kind of stuff. Basically where the locals are all gossiping. Mm-hmm. Get into those groups and every once in a while share a killer story. So, for example, I had a story that I shared uh, a little bit over a year ago of a woman that came into my office that was telling me that no one's able to help her and she's being taken over the barrel by two different carriers and da 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 and she's strapped for cash and she she brought her she brought her, her, her young daughter in. Her daughter was probably like 5 or 6 years old. And over the course of the conversation, she revealed to me that she couldn't even afford to provide dance lessons, ballet lessons for her daughter because the bills were so tight. And the the ballet lessons were something like 12 bucks a week or something like that. 
And I'm sure, you know, if you really wanted to dig into it, you cut out the latte and your kid can take the, the dance lessons, but, you know, who am I? But, but, that, but that's, not, that's, not, that's, not my, that's not on me. I'm not, you know, who am I to judge? But, that's right. I got you. But I, it's funny, though. I like it, Mike. But it's true. I mean, and, and, we, and we've all got habits in our life that if we eliminated them, we'd free up, we'd free up some money that we're, that we're looking for. I got but, many, Mike. Yep. Uh, without a doubt. But, uh, but so anyway, we quartered out her home. We quartered out her auto. And... We wound up saving her. I don't even remember at the top of my head because it was it was well over a year ago. But it was a, it was a decent amount of money. Now I very easily could have gone onto my Facebook uh, or into this group and just shared uh, a story about how I saved this woman four hundred and eighty dollars a year and I can do the same for you and you know jolly o. But I shared the story about how this woman came into my office feeling like she couldn't be helped. And not only were we able to help her, but the help, but the, the the savings that we provided her were so substantial that she was now able to get her daughter dance lessons, which she hadn't been able to afford in the past. And I can't tell you how many of the moms in that group raised their hand and said, "Hey, can you take a look at our insurance for us?" Because oh, yeah. it resonated. They are living their life with a certain amount of pain over not being able to provide something for their child. And we can all relate to this, whether it be, be you know, your, your you know, I, I know you mentioned you've got an, uh, an 18-year-old son. I don't know what, I don't know what kind of toys he's, uh, he's, he's going after these days. I'm sure they're not as cheap as the ones that, that, that my, my five and three-year-old daughters are going after. But, <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> but, but, you know, our kids are always asking us for stuff that, we may not be in the best position to provide them right now. And when I shared that story, all these moms in the groups just started raising their hand. And, and not only not only did it provide a lot of opportunity for the agency, but it was a true feel-good story that put me, my agency, out in the limelight as do-gooders as opposed to just insurance guys out there saving people money. So – yep. And, and you connected, you resonated, you gave them value, you made them start thinking to themselves like, wow, what could I do more with that? And I do agree, it was the story. That's something my buddy Ryan Hanley talks about. Like you have a story, not only of you and your agency, but the stories that are happening every day is what you're focusing on. And I, uh, yeah, that, 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 whew. if you could only listen to what Mike just said, loyal listeners, I think that, uh, you know, we all try to say to yourself like, well, how, how can we provide value? And uh, one of the things I always say is, is go ask your uh, go ask your staff what's the ten questions they get the most asked, and start writing those answers. You know, start making videos to those answers. And uh, I think that that's some of the the key things. So let me ask you. Let, let's 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 break this down and wrap it up. This has been a long podcast, loyal listeners. But obviously, I knew that coming in with uh, Mike, uh, it was going to be. Now, Mike, here's one thing I I want I want to I want to get your feedback on this. I haven't done this, but I've been thinking about this for a while. And um, I was flying to New Mexico. Mexico to do a speaking uh, gig for uh, the New Mexico Independent Insurance Agents, and a couple weeks before I left to go, a uh, popped up in my pot up in my news feed uh, was a, th- a thing from Delta, who I was flying, that said, "Hey, um, you're leaving next week. It's still time to upgrade from a con- uh, from uh, regular to economy, whatever it said." I still actually have the uh, post, and I've I've just insert inserted into my presentations now. 
Because one of the things that got me thinking about that was I was thinking to myself like, how in the hell do they know that I'm going to New Mexico? You know, I mean, how did they put that in my newsfeed? Well, upon looking at it, geek, like probably you are, Mike, I said, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And one of the things found out is there's a couple different ways they could have done it. But long story short, the way that they really, truly did, they could have been retargeting or whatever. At the time, I think that they were, what they were doing was they had uploaded an email list and created a custom audience of all those people who were flying on that flight, right? And then you name it, flying to New Mexico, and you can run those ads to those people. And I thought to myself, okay, because I'm a geek like that, how do I how do I bring that into my agency? So this is what I thought. So if I could go into my management system and run a list of everybody who renews in July, and I would just run it with their email address, I would then could upload that into a custom audience inside of Facebook. And at that point in time, I would just, let's say, download those right now to keep it simple, just anybody who's renewing any policy. And then we could run maybe one or two ads that would then say like, hey, we want you to know that we're working on your renewal coming up soon. Um, we, we appreciate your business. Something along that line. So instead of getting it in real life in a card or a letter or an email, you're essentially getting it to where everybody gets their mail um, and everybody gets their, their news, which is in Facebook. And, and, and I, think, I think there's something there. And then to take it one step further, what if we run everybody who has an auto or a home and their emails and put them into a custom audience, but you run an ad to them that says, hey, we noticed you don't have an umbrella. We're working on your renewal. Click here to find out an umbrella. Maybe they read you know, two, 300 words about what an umbrella is. Maybe there's a button they can click that it sends that back to my uh, CSR that says, hey, this person with this email address just requested a quote. We put that into our management system. It cross-references and says, hey, that email belongs to Betty. And we pull up Betty and we do her a quote and we email it right to her. Those are some of the things I'm thinking about. Like, how can we be right inside there? So that is a value when they see like, wow, they're inside my Facebook. It may freak them out a little bit. But at the end of the day, they're going to say to themselves like, no one else is doing that. You know, Verizon is not telling me that my bill's coming due. They do on our text, but they're not inside the news feed. What are your thoughts about that, Mike? What are you have any thoughts, negative plus, any expansions of that? Oh no! I, like I mean, we we teach that kind of stuff as well. I mean, you, you do that all day long, and I mean, it's it's so powerful for so many different reasons. I mean, you're able to with these custom audiences that you're able to to advertise with with Facebook. You know, you can segregate almost any type of list that you are looking to uh, to you know work with, and just do magic with them. I mean, the the, the the pinpoint accuracy of a custom audience, you're only putting that message out in front of people that are on those lists that you upload directly to Facebook. So, yeah. like, you know, we, we do some, some cool stuff with X dates where, you know, uh, you know, we tell someone that we're going to, you know, we're going to requote their, their auto in six months. Well, as that six month approaches, now there's a video popping up of me or, you know, one of, one of our clients or whatever basically just saying, you know, hey, you know, I made a promise to you six months ago that we were going to requote your auto and, you know, here here we are. So, you'll, you know, if you haven't already heard from me, you will be soon. You're going to do some great things with that. If you I are like that one, that's good, dude. Oh, crushes it out, dude, crushes it. And uh, you can do some really, really cool stuff with regards to your own existing book. So, like, for example, let's say someone has got their auto with you and they don't have your their home. And you have got, I don't know, throw, throw a number out there, a 16% discount if they are bundled with you. You are able to put a video message out to them that just says, hey, if you're watching this video right now, it's because I've identified you as leaving a 16% discount on the table with 
you know, with us currently, you if you do not recognize my face, I am your insurance agent and I am not trying to sell you anything right now. I am telling you that you are paying 16% more than you need to. Just give me a call. And again, very, very, very powerful stuff as far as catching people's attention. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that social media has done in general, in my opinion, is it has brought the world, it has made the world extremely small, but at the same time, it has made, it has created a ton of distance from all of us individually. So, yeah, we all have each other in our pockets, but we don't see or talk to each other at all, except for, you know, typing or texting or, or whatever. But when you are able to keep video of yourself out in front of your your book of business with, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, if there is a major storm coming through, if there's a blizzard coming through, and you know about it two days in advance, and you start running a custom audience ad letting people know, you know, hey, I'm your insurance agent, and I just wanted to let you know that we got this blizzard coming into town. If you can, get your car into a garage, at the very least get it off the street so that plows don't accidentally clip it while they're, while they're trying to clean the roads off. If I can help you avoid a claim here, that's a huge win for me as your insurance agent. If you have any questions, give me a call, text me, do whatever you got to do. In the meantime, if you do wind up with a claim, here's the number for claims so you don't have to wait for me to get to the office the next day to call in and wind up waiting for waiting behind everybody else who's already filed a claim from the storm. You could be right at the very front of the line because, you know, here you know, here's you know, here's the number for claims, all that kind of stuff. There's just so many things that you're able to do proactively both with custom audience advertising or even even some of the technology that's out there with with personalized and automated uh, you know text message and email and all that kind of stuff, you can really deliver such a substantial experience for the uh, you know for your client today that just wasn't available, and you really have the power to be in all places at all times and be all things to all people. That you know, I mean, it's huge, my build, dude. My, my here's how here's how huge it is, bro. Here's how huge it is. It's so huge that it's eliminating agents. Why? Because you know as well as I, one to three percent of the fifteen to sixteen thousand people that are gonna listen to this podcast this month are going to do what you and I are talking about doing. Some of these things that you and I just laid out here, because I grew my agency off Facebook on personal lines, we still get a great amount of data or our business. You're helping a lot of agents get it. And what we're doing are the two or three things that we just laid out here. Now, one of the things I think that any loyal listener can take away from here is everything we talked about, Mike, had to do with custom audiences. Everything, you know, that's what I mean. And you're only going to get that from the pixels or the emails. I mean, there's some other ways that you can get it. But uh, if you didn't hear that, if you didn't hear Mike and I mention the word custom audience, if you're saying, what is custom audience? It's something you need to look up because it's a way that you can individualize your newsfeed. Uh, Mike, you want any more you want to add on that before we close it up with leaders or readers? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, as far as custom audiences are concerned, go ahead. You know, man. It's, it's it's the type of thing where you don't need to be a super advanced Facebook marketer to understand it. You know, Facebook gives you access to more demographics, data, and and info on every single one of its users than you could even imagine, and. When you're putting an ad together to cold traffic, it can be very confusing as to how to put those audiences together properly without a good education. But with custom audiences, 
you know the exact people that you are putting your message out in front of. You don't need to sit there and worry about, did I craft the right message for the right audience? You know the exact people that you are speaking to and the exact sets of eyes and ears that are going to be absorbing the content that you're putting out there. So you're you're able to just really just knock down great opportunities for your agency both for both for sales for for attrition reduction and retention and cross-selling and, and and goodwill to the community and all that kind of stuff custom audience advertising on facebook is just a very very powerful tool that if you if you only learned how to do one thing on the on facebook's ad platform Custom audience advertising is where I would start. That's exactly right, my friend. You know, I always tell people, I said, it's like a big, it's like there's big red arrows. Picture if like you looked across your town and there was big red arrows like pointing onto houses or buildings. And basically those are the people that that they're saying, hey, this is your client. That's what it is. That's what custom audiences are. That's basically you're sending it to those red arrows and those red arrows only. We have a uh, distribution of our newspaper here, 20,000. And I sit here and say to myself, yeah, but there's only probably 200 people that are in need of my product right now, but yet I send that out for three, four, five hundred dollars If you spend three, four, five hundred dollars on a custom audience on Facebook, wow, you're doing something, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong, you need to spend a lot more than that, but there's a lot of agents out there that think, you know the other thing, Mike, when I talk about the real world versus the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the virtual world, I love these agents who say, I refuse to advertise on Facebook because I'm not going to pay Facebook, that's wrong, it's my content, I should be able to show it for free. And my <laughs> simple question to them is, oh, you can do that at your local newspaper? Oh, you can do that at your radio. Oh, you can do that at your built. Oh, you do that in the magazine. So you just take them this stuff and say, hey, and they say, yep, we'll put that in there for free. No, they charge you. So why would we see that any differently online than we would in the real world? But that's a problem that we have as humans is we're still trying to distinguish that separation when really it kind of works the same way either side. Dude, one, one of my one of my favorite questions, and I'll uh, I'll keep this short because I know you want to uh, move on to the the next the next. That's course. okay, man. We won't value. Go ahead, Mike. The 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 funniest question that I get from all my prospects that are considering d- diving into this education is, can I speak to another agent from X Y Z that is doing this so that I know it'll work for me? Like right, right, right now, uh, and hopefully she joins or doesn't listen. To, she either joins the course before she listens to this podcast or doesn't hear this podcast. I got a gal from Nebraska right now that is considering joining, but isn't isn't ready to join my program until she knows that it works in Nebraska. Wow. So social media, like, we're talking over Facebook right now, aren't we? Right. Do you have Do you have friends? that are on your friends list right now that are in Nebraska. Do you yeah. think that got, do you think that they've got other friends that are in Nebraska? Do you think that all these people that are in Nebraska that you know are not being served up advertising? Does does radio not work in Nebraska? Does does television not work in like Yes, I know what you're saying, man. Yes. <laughs> Like, just, just stop and think for a minute about what you're saying. You know what I mean? Just really stop and think. And yeah, you're right. It's a disconnect. Mike, leaders are readers and readers are leaders, buddy. What are you, uh, what are you reading and t- that, that, that you find interesting that could help? Uh, 
I, I find myself gravitating more towards marketing and advertising literature than, than anything else. Uh, right now, I am reading Breakthrough Advertising, which is a very old school book written by like an OG uh, copywriter named Eugene Schwartz. It was recommended to me at a mastermind that I attended with my mentor in New York City a couple months ago. Uh, from one of the one of his guests, a gentleman by the name of Brian Kurtz, who's the CEO of Titans Marketing, another OG copywriter, uh, just a fantastic guy. He does, I believe, the afterword in the book, but it just really tells you how to speak to your audience through the written word in ways that the average person out there just isn't thinking. So, one of the things that's great about breakthrough advertising is it breaks down. The uh, the different levels of awareness that the average consumer is, and how you need to recognize what their level of awareness is in order to advertise to them properly. If you're speaking to someone who uh, who has no idea that they have a problem, but you're selling them your solution, they're never going to buy it because they don't know that they've got a problem. If you're speaking to someone that knows they've got a problem but aren't aware that there are solutions out there and you are selling a specific solution they first need to be made aware of the fact that the, their problem can be solved not specific there needs to be an education before the hard sale and really getting a good grip on what level of awareness what stage in the process your your prospect is in in order to speak to them properly to get them to, to respond to you. So uh, I would definitely recommend Breakthrough Advertising. It's not a cheap book. If you look for it online right now, generally speaking, the book sells for over $1,000. Oh but, my gosh. Yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a Bible of advertising. But, uh, my, but Brian Kurtz just brought it back out of, uh, out of retirement recently. There are some links floating around right now. Maybe I can get it. I'll, I'll reach out to Brian and see if I can provide it to your audience. Uh, but it, it's being sold right now in limited edition for $140. So wow. it, it's a fantastic, fantastic read, and it really teaches you a lot about uh, speaking to your audiences properly and really understanding at what level of uh, what level of awareness they are at in the sales cycle, so that you can advertise to them properly. The other uh, the other book that I, I had literally just finished up about two weeks ago is Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson which is a fairly popular new book in the internet marketing circle right now. Russell Brunson, if you're not familiar with him, I'm sure, I'm sure you are, but yeah. for your, your listeners, he's the owner of ClickFunnels. Uh, guy is an absolute genius and uh, you know, just a... He is. A, he's a beast. The, the, the stuff that he's put together in a, a limited career because he's a younger guy is just absolutely out of control incredible. But uh, Expert Secrets teaches you how to basically build and move a crowd. So if you are out there trying to build an audience, whether it be as an insurance agent that is looking to maybe put together a local group where uh, of business owners where you are seen as the leader or uh, you know maybe you're trying to maybe you're trying to gain some clout uh, in your local BNI or chamber or whatever, it's a great book for you to uh, dig into that, or if you're if you're a marketer and you're just looking to you know build out an audience uh, that uh, you know that that's more in tune with your your message, it's a it's a fantastic read for that as well. 
You officially have now become the longest podcast that I've had in four years. Um, we've, we're a little over 230, 240-some uh, podcast episodes. So if you're new to the podcast, because I know our numbers are growing every month, uh, keep in mind that you can go all the way back to, uh, I believe it was March of 2013. So uh, keep that in mind. But this has been good stuff, Mike. And here's the Just deal. Just called me the wordiest. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know, and I should have expected it because I started getting at the beginning that you were a talker and everybody out there knows I'm a talker. So we should have known that this was going to be the longest podcast. Um, but no, I really appreciate you, you Mike. And, and I really do. I think you're doing a lot. If people want to reach out to you, where are they going to find you? How's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, best way to get a hold of me is either by joining Insurance Soup on Facebook, sending me a private message. Uh, or you can email me at host at careeragentconcepts.com. Fantastic, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we, you are uh, a great jewel and gem. I like to call those good things for the insurance industry. So keep it up, man. And if there's anything we can do, brother, we uh, will be sure to help you out. Okay? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, Jason. I appreciate it. So this has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass, and I am out. Hey, hey, everybody. October 24th and 25th of 2017, Grow Lab is happening. It's for you. This is your invite to join us in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, I should say. Keep in mind, this isn't a conference. This isn't a trade show. It's not even a workshop. What this is, is this is Grow Lab and this is an event. This is something you've probably never been to unless you're one of the 50 people that were here last year for the first Grow Lab 2016. If you find one of those people and you ask them, oh, they're coming back and they want you to join us. October 24th and 25th in Charlotte, North Carolina, Grow Lab 2017. Come on, join us.